It's Wednesday, December 13th, and we are getting so far ahead of ourselves, I kind of can't believe it right now. It's crazy. Um, Carter Elliott's here. I'm Greg Waddell. We're recording this like a full 20 hours before it's coming out. We're recording this on Tuesday morning, saving it for Wednesday. Banking episodes right now. It's exciting stuff. Uh, a lot of fun moments I think we can get to today. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, we're going to play a game of worst take for the first time ever. This might be a reoccurring segment in Sleeper's history, I feel like. Uh, looking forward to that. We're going to talk about maybe there's a name circling that Michigan basketball fans should be familiar with that uh, is a little ridiculous but could happen. That could be the next head coach. And then Memphis got a big transfer. We're going to talk about Naquan Tomlin's addition and what that means. So, uh, Cart, how are you doing? First of all, you well-rested? We both got some sleep last night. Yeah, I am. I've actually recently, as of like a week and a half ago, I fired up my melatonin intake again. Uh, wanted to give it a go. I've been really enjoying it. It's been helping my sleep massively. I'm a I'm a person who struggles sleeping, more of a night owl type person. I have a hard time actually laying down and going to bed. Uh, and the melatonin has been working wonders as of late. I tried it like a long time ago, but I stopped taking it because it was giving me some weird ass dreams. And I hated that, but it's been doing its job lately. So shout out to melatonin. Just quick little 10 NGs and just knocks me right out. I have two follow-up questions, if you don't mind. Uh, first of all, it, is melatonin a top five substance that you put in your body? Top five substance? Yeah, like what are your top five substances that you put in your body? Uh, Like does, does like food and water and stuff count? Yeah, sure. Okay, top five, no order. Probably eggs, water, chicken, melatonin, tequila. Okay, not what I would have expected. I don't think I would have guessed any of those five being your top five. You also could have lumped food together as one thing, but let off with eggs. That was impressive. Thank you. <laughs> What's your? How do you like your eggs? Scrambled. <laughs> Always scrambled? Like, no questions asked. It's scrambled. Uh, I, sometimes I like if I'm making like a breakfast sandwich, I'll just do like a, what is it, like sunny side up or something like that. Like a little fried egg. Just yeah, a little fried egg. Okay. How do you no, feel about no, no, no runny yolk. Oh, I, I love runny yolk. That's see, that's that goes against your your normal palate. I feel like. Yeah, it doesn't map with the no wet foods. Yeah. Yeah. Strange, but huh. yeah, I don't know. Um, no omelets. How do you feel about omelets? Big omelet guy. Love a good omelet bar. That was my favorite part of college cafeteria. We had an omelet bar. I was getting that whenever it was up. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Follow up number two. Shout out to Lydia at uh, Albion College Cafe. What a lady. Follow up number two. What's the craziest dream you've ever had? The craziest dream I've ever had? Yeah. You said you were having some crazy dreams due to melatonin. What's the craziest dream you've ever had? I had some wild ones. Uh, and, and I say they're dreams, but honestly, they're really not. They're kind of like night terrors. <laughs> Like, I'll think somebody's in the room. I'll think, like, my bed's covered in spiders or something. Uh, Like, I'll think something's on the wall, something's in the room. I'll start freaking out. I have, like, done, done stupid things, like, gone downstairs and, like, gone outside because of a, a night terror freak out. And, uh, yeah. So, I had to stop taking those because I was, I was scaring my wife. Wow. I had no idea. I've 
slept in the same room with you many times in our lives, and I've never noticed a night terror. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever ever had one. Also, you know, I'm not sure she's going to listen to this episode, but there was one day where she made me mad and I faked a night terror. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. That's a devious little play. I respect that. That's it cutthroat. Uh, I, have you ever had a lucid dream? A lucid dream? What? What is that? I feel like you're going to think I'm going inappropriate with this, but I'm not. A lucid dream. Yeah, that's not a version of a wet dream, is it? No, I, it probably could be, but a lucid dream is where like you, you feel like you are in control of the dream and you are aware that you're dreaming and you are in the state where like you're living your life, but it's a dream and you know, it's a dream. Oh, so, oh yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've had that. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But so one time I was in a dream, uh, I don't know if this would qualify as loose or not, but in college, I had a dream where I felt that I was in the world of the dream for a full week. Like I woke up and was like, I've been asleep for a week. I thought I had missed seven days and I wasn't. And uh, I basically like lived out the plot of a movie that doesn't exist in that time. And it was really wild. And I've been sitting on that for a while because I could either write the script to it or write a book with it. And I think I'd probably make a bunch of money isn't that just interstellar no no kind of there is time travel involved in this though that was the whole story but it, i basically lived i lived out a movie plot of a movie that doesn't exist that involves like romance thrillers family you're trying to get back to it maybe it just was interstellar now that i think about it but uh it, in the end crazy twist ending that like original my brain twist lived out and I've researched. There is no no twist ending out there. That's my twist of my dream that I live for seven days. Okay, well let's release this. Yeah, we got to work on it. I feel like uh, there's some whiteboarding that needs to be done, like little details that stayed a little vague in the dream world that uh, don't add up. But I'll I'll work on it. All right, fun intro to today's show. Why don't you give us your YouTube comment of the day? Uh, I'm gonna go with this one. This comes from our John Calipari. Why do I keep? mispronouncing Cal's name. Is it Calipari or Calipari? I've never known. I know that's really I go. I go back and forth. I, okay, if anyone can correct me on what the correct one is, I'd like to do it. Uh, I think it's Calipari. I say John Calipari because that's what Jay Cole said. Okay, I say Pari a lot just because I like uh, Campari spritzes out there for people who like those. Um, this comes from Ace Man. So glad I stumbled upon you guys. I'm a big Kentucky fan, and you guys somehow know more ball about this specific team than half our fan base. And then you go and do it for every other team in college. You got another loyal fan in me now. Thanks, Ace Man. We appreciate that. We try. We try our best. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. And uh, yeah. it's it's good to know that Kentucky fans seem to be enjoying us in some extent. That's exciting. Yeah, I feel like that's I feel like that's a good spot to be. I feel like we have a lot of admiration for Kentucky, like genuinely, that just kind of hasn't been talked about a lot because we normally don't talk about them. Yeah, it is. This is also the sleeper cycle. Kentucky fans find us. We're talking good about Kentucky. Just wait until you drop a game at home against Musk by 23 and Bradshaw gets 0-0 and 7. We're going to have a conversation. From what I've been able to tell, uh, Kentucky fans – just haven't watched our content when their team struggles though like we've been putting out the previews and recaps this season when they look good there's a bunch of 
interaction. When they look bad, nobody watches it, which is honestly a very refreshing move. I kind of like that. <laughs> if it's For good, sure. watch it. If it's bad, don't. Yeah, it's, it's not on us. Then it's on their team. That's nothing we can do. All right. Uh, yeah, thanks for the comment, Ace. Man, that was good. We'd love to see you join our Discord. We got a Kentucky fan. Sully is in the Discord, but he's holding it down solo right now. So if we could bulk up the BBN presence in the Discord, that'd be great. Discord is $9.99 a month, and I believe somebody either tweeted at us or texted you or something or left a comment on the YouTube that basically said, I got to be honest, I was ready to join the Discord, and then I realized that I actually have to do it on desktop. I'm way too lazy for that. Sorry, fellas. Uh, I do respect the honesty there. With that said, you could join from your phone. It's just going to be an extra $2, but don't let that stop you, okay? We're just trying to look out. But if the phone is the difference maker, you literally can join it. It's just an extra $2. So yeah, And we're currently hiring in our tech department. Otherwise, we would make you go through them and they could give you no customer assistance. Uh, but job market is kind of tough right now. So we haven't been able to fully integrate our tech team. But hopefully that comes late 2027. Yeah, you're telling me. The the sleepers quarterly meetings that we've had to been on, we've both had to wear a lot of hats in this market card. Not to get too corporate for you. Do you have a corporate buzzword you want to drop here? Do I have a corporate buzzword? Yeah, like what's your when you're when you're at your day job, what's the what's the Carter go-to corporatism? Mm, you know, I love the good I love a good just checking in. Hope all is well. Uh look forward to your response. Um that's always a classic one. I also feel good sometimes changing up my signature. Like I change it to regards and I don't know. I feel like I just took my, my business emails to the next level. Are you a, uh, are you a passive aggressive emailer? I kind of get those vibes. No, I never do that. That makes me upset. I hate that. I feel like the regards is a passive aggressive move in general though. No, I don't think so. Actually. No, I know my big, my biggest corporate one is, Let's not work. Let's let's cross that bridge when we get there. That's <laughs> that's definitely the one I bring out the most. You used that on me this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it it yeah. works. It works a lot. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's fun. Good to get uh, inside the mind of Carter Elliott a little bit. Let's move to the Discord, where once again, second consecutive day, not a lot of comments from the Discord. Maybe people just want us to get in motion of the show. We had a lot of comments on Monday, so kind of balancing out here, but uh, only a few tonight. We'll start with Guy, who says, Carter saying Javon Quinterly is great. It hurts a little bit. I mean, you got to call it like it is. He's been great this year. Yeah, he's been good. You, don't, you say he's been good? He's been good. I think he's been great. He's been good. Good? Yeah, he's been good. Wait, oh, wait, Greg. I'm sorry. Can you wait one second, please? Yeah. I'll, I'll be right back. Just keep talking for like two minutes. I'm nervous now. I feel like Carter's pulling a me move on me. What do we do with this? I'm just going to keep reading comments, honestly. I feel like Carter doesn't like the comments portion of the show. Uh, Frisbee31 says, Brad Underwood said in a press conference, maybe trying Dane and Coleman together. Do you think he will actually do this for significant minutes? And number two, do you see it working and how or how not? Uh, I don't. I don't see him doing this because I think there's nothing that coaches in general love doing more than saying they're going to try lineup combinations that they don't actually intend on trying. I think that's a trope coaches around the country do. Tom Izzo does it all the time. Uh, my coach, John Beeline, used to do it. Any any coach does it. Uh, it's a cop-out 
because if you actually wanted to play guys together, if you wanted to play a lineup together, you could just play them together. And then you could talk about it after, but Brad hasn't done that. He hasn't been playing Dana Coleman together at all. I don't expect that to start. And then he says, do you see it working and how or how not? I do think it would work because I actually like Coleman at the four and I like Dane in general at the five, but I don't expect it to happen. That's that's my stance. Uh, Carter, where were you? What are you talking about? What did you just go do? What was that? I blacked out. Did I just leave? Oh, was this a night terror? Is that what we're doing? I'll have to watch this back. I don't even remember leaving. Okay, so I think the bit is that you just had a night terror live on camera, but I'm I'm not totally sure. Uh, Let's keep moving to the the final comment of the day. This is from Malik Perry, who says, when I say Barry, I mean don't make March. So Izzo will go scorch earth and get real good players from the portal. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, read that from where, Greg? He said, Izzo will go scorch earth and get real good players from the portal. Oh, Malik, my brother, you are the gift that keeps on giving. You truly are. I mean, (laughs) the portal. That's funny. Uh, What's the next comment? That was the final comment of the day. Thank you, Malik. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Carter. Uh, Cart, did you get to make it to Tom Izzo's radio show where he was playing the accordion this week? No, but my team is four and five, 0-2 in the Big Ten, and my star doesn't know all the words of Jingle Bells. Do you know all the words to Jingle Bells? Are you kidding me? me Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Mm, dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Over the fields we go, laughing all the way. Ha, ha, ha. Bells and clowns, bells ring. Wait, 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 wait. What was that line? What was that line there? Be- bells and cocktails ring. Cocktails? Hey. Yeah, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sing song tonight. Oh, easy. 99%. What? It's pop tails, not cocktails. For, are you, is that confirmed? Yes. Okay, sorry. But you're right. Like You got you got to be able to give that type of performance if you're Tyson. Yeah, you're yeah. better than that. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right. Thank you for that. That was fun. Thanks, Discord. Join the Discord. We're closer and closer to 100. We had another new joinee uh, last night, I believe. Let's give them a quick shout out if you don't mind, Cart. Uh, our new joinee is Meatballer. Do you think that's a reference to me implying someone would take someone's meat? Yeah, I think that you're attracting the the meat demographic mm-hmm. to the Discord. We could get a meat sponsor. That could be fun. That's I, honestly a podcast that I listen to. They're sponsored by Beef Jerky, and I would love that. I love Beef Jerky. I hate Beef Jerky. Not a big what? meat guy. Yeah, and I don't love meat. What's your favorite meat? Chicken. Okay, well then, you're if you like chicken, you're a meat guy. I like I like birds. Chicken. I mean, I like turkey. Yeah. I guess I kind of feel the same way. I'm not a big pork guy. I like bacon. I like turkey bacon. I will eat pork. It's okay. okay. Ba- you know, you know, bacon's not a bird, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. I'm just going through all the meats. Um, I will eat pork. I ah, uh, uh, don't love steak. 
course you don't. I'd rather have a burger than a steak. I actually feel the same way. Steak's pretty overrated in my eyes. Yeah. But let's not let's not let's not uncover steak talk again. We left that like four months ago. Ha! Okay. All right. To our topics today. Uh let's save the fun one for last. Let's start with the big news of the last 24 hours. Naquan Tomlin, former Kansas State. Uh, I was gonna say star, but I don't think star's fair to put on Tomlin. He's not a star, he's a very good player. And mm. it, maybe he'll get billed as a star because Players don't normally transfer on December 12th. But Tomlin is a very good player who can help a very good basketball team get even better. He could honestly make Memphis go from good to great if he performs to his ceiling for the rest of the year. Uh, This was the best kept secret or worst kept secret in college basketball. Everybody knew this was going to be Memphis, and the commitment happened very quickly. How big is this for the Memphis Tigers? I think it's massive because I I think you kind of said it in – uh, some type of way, but this is a ceiling raising ad for this Memphis team. This isn't just like a team. This isn't just an ad to me that like makes them a little bit better, makes them more competitive in their conference, like that type of ad. This is like an ad that will win you, I think, one to two more games in the tournament, to be honest. Like uh, we had our prediction episode and I think I had like Memphis to the Elite Eight or something like that. Feeling great about that maybe even might be time to start talking about Memphis having the ability to go further because of the the talent that they have, the uh, older players that they have. I, I just think that this Memphis team should be taken a lot more seriously and adding a piece like Tomlin on December 12th. I, I just don't really think it gets, gets much better than that. To be honest with you, I really like his, his, um, his talent and he fits really well too with this Memphis team. It's something they need. So Great work by Memphis. Great work by Penny. Uh, tough loss for Kansas State. Yeah, he's uh, very, very steady, like very good player. He was in double digits a ton at the end of last season. Uh, all of Kansas State's NCAA tournament games, he scored in double figures. He's playing 30 or more minutes in most of those games. Um, and this is a win for Tomlin, too. Like, obviously, it's a win for Memphis. Memphis, sorry. This is a win for Tomlin because Kansas State – Honestly, it's very bad this year. <laughs> I know they've been winning some games. Uh, I don't believe this Kansas State team is very good at all. I think uh, like they had the comeback win against Villanova where Tyler Perry hit a miracle shot to win the game. But uh, Tyler Perry has struggled way more than I thought he would, and I thought Tyler Perry was going to be not that great, to be honest. I just I don't think he's very good. He's not shooting the ball well. Kaluma is who he is at this point. I think Kaluma's actually played near his ceiling, and it's still just not enough for a Kansas State team that needs him. So for Tomlin to like kind of avoid that mess, like they're about to get into Big 12 play, and I think Kansas State's going to have a harsh reality of we're a lot worse than most of these teams. He gets to go to a team that can win their conference. Like Memphis has a lot in front of them right now, and winning your conference isn't everything. But this is Memphis or Florida Atlantic's conference to lose. Uh, And regardless of what happens in that battle, Memphis is a team that has a Final Four ceiling to me. I think that was true before Tomlin was added to the roster. I think it's definitely true with Tomlin added to the roster. I think they have answers inside. I think they have a bunch of good guards. I think they're old. Tomlin's also old. They've come from programs that they've been through the ringer, and now they're just like desperate to win. Some of them have won before. Some haven't. Tomlin has kind of done both. Like Kansas State was a very good basketball team last year, but 
He brings experience to a group that already has a ton of experience. Uh, I The one thing with Tomlin that I didn't realize, off the eye test, man, I thought he was a way bigger three-point guy than he is. He didn't shoot the ball great last year, but when I watch him play, I always think he's a huge threat from outside. Streaky. Yeah. They're just streaky. Streaky, and I think sometimes selection can be in question, shot selection. Yeah, but even with it, like, we say he's streaky, and then you go look through, like, the games in his career. He doesn't have a lot of games where he made multiple threes. Like, it was shocking to me. Looking back to last year, uh, he only had four games all season where he made two three-pointers or more. That's, That's crazy. crazy. That's crazy that every time I watch him, I think when he shoots a three, it's going, it's going in. I know, which I think, like, speaks to, you know, who he can be and – but he does a lot more than just the pick and pop threat, which I feel like in our heads without watching him every single game, we're like, Oh, he's a, he's a threat from outside, but yeah, he's going to plug in really nicely. Um, And you, you like Javon Quinterly, you said earlier this show, he's been playing great. So question to you, who's the best player on this Memphis team? I think it's David Jones. Quinterly two. Probably. Yeah. Quinterly two. Caleb Mills, three? Yep. When do you get to Tomlin? Probably around four. I don't Jaquan Walton's had good moments. He has. That's what I'm saying. This, this Memphis team has guys. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. Um, also, while we mentioned Jaquan Walton, I mentioned him in a good way. Four straight games and single figure scoring from him. Like, I think that it's kind of timely that Tomlin's entering the conversation as we're seeing Jaquan Walton struggle a little bit. True. But also, like, maybe addition of Tomlin takes pressure off. Of, like, it, it, I'm not sure what the order would be, but it's like a that guy as a third or fourth option or as a third option on a good winning team doesn't look great. You put him as like the fourth or fifth option, you're feeling great about it. Yeah. Um, does Naquan's off-court stuff matter to you at all? Hmm? Does Naquan's off-court stuff matter to you at all? I mean, it has to matter when, you know, you have a situation like that. I don't know enough about it to comment on it. Okay. All right. We'll leave it at that then. Uh, Memphis, where does their season end? Elite eight. I like that pick for some reason. I kind of can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm buying Penny right now. I like everything he's done this offseason into the season. And uh, do they win the American? Yes. That's where I'll differ. I think Florida Atlantic wins the conference. It's going to be a fun one to see who does win that. I can't wait for those games. I cannot wait for those games. All right, to a, a second topic today. We might be getting – sorry, we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves with this, but – why not? Why not? <laughs> Let's just do it. Uh, at the time of recording this, we could run this tomorrow, and maybe this is like totally behind in the news cycle and doesn't even make sense to run anymore. But at the time of recording this, it's noon on Tuesday, December 12th. We're running this on Wednesday. Jawan Howard is still the head coach at University of Michigan. At this point, we expect that to be the case. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Uh, there, they have told reporters that there's an investigation to me, an investigation would mean we just need to look at the film of our practice facility. 
seems pretty straightforward. That should take about five minutes. And uh, we're 48 hours into the news of this breaking and still an investigation, I guess. I don't know. Um, to me, that signals that either the decision makers involved are unhappy with Juwan and have told him you need to take steps to prepare to leave this program, or that signals that Juwan Howard is adamant behind closed doors that he's not leaving the program. And Michigan's trying to figure out how to handle it from a PR perspective. One of those two things I believe are happening. We'll have to wait and see. But obviously, any given moment this week, we could get news that uh, either Juwan is stepping away or Juwan is doubling down and saying he did nothing wrong. Either way, that would change this conversation. But at the time of recording, we don't know. It's all up in the air. It's still behind closed doors being investigated. With that said, John Beeline tweeted a couple hours ago, Cart. He tweeted. Uh Uh-oh. He tweeted. You know what he was tweeted? He, was he, was, wait, was he just pressing buttons again? No, this this time he had an intentional tweet. And that's a big oh. deal. That's a big deal for John Beeline. He is going on the huge show. And we, we don't love to promote other people's shows unless uh, it's there's a good reason for it. I don't know the huge show, guys. But today at 5.25 p.m., John Beeline is going on the huge show to talk opinions on Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, and the Pistons. Listen on the radio. Uh, apparently, someone told me John Beeline's been doing this weekly for months. John Beeline just hasn't tweeted that he's going on for his appearance in a month. So maybe some great marketing from Mr. Beeline. Maybe uh, he knows people might want to know about his opinions on Michigan sports right now. With that said, it just got me thinking, man. It just got me thinking. If Juwan Howard were actually to leave, Phil Martelli is going to be named the interim head coach. That's going to happen. Would you hire John Beeline? Like you, like, are we talking about just for the rest of the season, or just like moving forward? John Beeline's the guy. I think I'm talking like make the hire, what whatever that means. Like the the I, next I, head no. coach you hire is John Beeline. I wouldn't. Okay, I, I have doubts that John Beeline could operate in this era. Um, I think he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I got all the faith in Beeline as coaching players. I think he could do a great job with the group of players that Michigan has now, to be honest with you. But I just have serious doubts that in the NIL and portal era, if he can operate, especially with the limitations that Michigan has as an administration, it's going to take a special coach that knows how to work NIL administration and portal to operate in the setting that is Michigan basketball right now. Um, yeah. But with that said, Gregory, my tinfoil hat on, what time is Beeline going on? Five something. Five twenty-five. I need, I need to know what the, what the, I need to know the exact time. Five twenty-five PM Eastern. Do you know what the area code is for Ann Arbor? No. Five two five. Okay. All right. I also I also just made that up. It is not. But <laughs> I don't think that John Beeline would be the – I don't think he'd be the answer for the future of this team moving forward, no. You have me in shambles right now. I just oh, – I want that known. I am like your puppet on a string right now. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you are pulling rank. I uh, – a couple things for me on this. This is never going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
With that said, let me give you a bunch of reasons why it could happen. <laughs> uh, John Beeline still owns a house in Ann Arbor. He never got rid of his house in Ann Arbor. He likes Ann Arbor. He's never left Ann Arbor, even though he literally did leave Ann Arbor, the place that would have put a statue up, the place that would have named the court after him, the place that, I mean, he vacated a team that could have won a national championship a couple of years ago. That court or that that roster consisting of Isaiah Livers and John Teske, they were ready to win, right? He abandons it. He just leaves it out in the cold, right? Because he couldn't pass up coaching Colin Sexton and Omir Oshik for a, a three-month period, right? Insanity. Uh he never left, never left Ann Arbor. He kept the, the house that entire time. You're telling me you left that place in the way that you did overnight, like no heads up, just leaving overnight, but you still want to hold on to a piece of Ann Arbor, John? That's what you were doing? You, you knew there'd be backlash, and you still want that to be a place of residence for you and your family in Ann Arbor, John? Interesting. Kind of feels like he's always maybe had something in the back of his mind that something might happen in Ann Arbor to me. I'll add this. John Beeline was very close, a lot closer than people realize, to getting back into head coaching after the Cleveland thing fell apart. I don't know if that's still where he's at, but I have I have a good feeling from talking to enough people that this almost happened. Not at Michigan, but he was willing to relocate for a job as late as this past offseason. Like it, there, there was a chance that was going to happen. In fact, there was like a verbal agreement in place that that was going to happen before something changed. So I think the interest in his heart is still there to coach. His home is still there. It'd be a lot easier for John Beeline to pick things up and start coaching quickly in Ann Arbor than it would be anywhere else. And he was ready. I don't think Michigan will ever go there, though. I think Michigan will correctly realize that there are better, younger candidates that uh, will be here. You want to find your coach for the next decade. You don't want to find your coach for three years. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, before I make this next statement, is Beeline still in his role with the Pistons? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Otherwise, I would say that the last two things that Beeline has touched have gone to shit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's why don't under, overextend yourself, people. That's the last. Wasn't Beeline like changing jumpers? Yeah. Okay. Beeline got a little overconfident. That's what happened. I just don't want to see my dog Beeline go out like Patino. I think he already like flip spin zone. He already has gone out like Patino. He needs to fix it. He needs to go back in. So he can go out unlike Patino. Can I make one last statement about NIL and portal stuff? Yeah. I'm low-key sick of people acting like it's so hard, to be honest. I really am. Just get the donors and get their money and write the check. Stop complaining about it. Yeah. You know who's horrible at it? No, I'm not going where you think I'm going. You know who's horrible at it? Who? Juwan Howard. Yeah. He's horrendous at it. He won't like do a golf outing to fundraise. He just won't do it. He's too lazy. He doesn't like it. So um, I actually will say specific to B. I think Beeline, people are going to give him a bad rap and say, cause he's old and did things his own weird traditional way. And he wasn't a cool guy that he would have been really bad at that. I think I disagree strongly. Michigan donors loved 
John Beeline. And I, I think the portal side of it is different. He might not have been great in the portal, but Beeline was a lot more creative of a recruiter than people give him credit for. Like I, I agree with that, but do you think they still have that same love for him after he left them? No, now it might be totally different. That's but what I'm saying. That's like what when, I'm saying. If he would have stayed here through, I think a lot of people are like, oh, Beeline's getting out before the game changes. He doesn't want to deal with it, which might have been true. But I think the truth is, like, he would have – I think he would have figured it out. Like he's not, Beeline's not as stubborn as your coach is where he's just, I'm not doing it. That's bad for the sport. Beeline would have been like, it's the sport. I need to go find gems that played two minutes at Cal Poly and now can be 35 minute guys in the NBA 12 months from me now. Like he, he would have been great at that evaluation. So we'll see. Um, yeah, it's not going to happen. Would I want it to happen? Yeah. Yep, I would. Is See, it if, I'm Michigan, if I'm a Michigan fan, I would not want it to happen. That's my that's my take. I think the alternative is like Porter Moser. We're already going to Porter. What about the other guys you named? What other guys? Like you brought up some other candidates the other day on the episode. Dusty May wants a better job. Sean Miller, I think, would take it and be really good. I bet Michigan won't hire him. Hmm. Um. Yeah, outside of that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel great about this. I don't like it. Got to get you in the board meetings. I need you and Ward hand in hand. I don't ever want to go anywhere inside the walls of that university ever again. <laughs> I don't I don't want to do it. All right, let's end with uh, the topic I am most excited for in Sleepers Media history. We're going to play a game of Worst Take. This is inspired by our good friend Aaron Torres, who had – one of the worst takes we have ever heard that Purdue is only good because they get foul calls at a, an unbelievable rate that makes no sense. There's no reason Purdue should be winning the foul margin. Uh, crazy, right? Worst take. Worst take ever. We're going to play our own worst take. If we were doing what Aaron Torres is doing and we were out to just bait a fan base into obviously – disagreeing with something that is obviously wrong for the sake of making headlines, what would our worst take be? What's your worst take, Cart? I think I just made a mistake, but I'm going to go through with it. I just want, after that monologue by you, I want to change it. because so I want to, I want to antagonize. antagonize. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I pause you? Can I pause yes. you? So can I, I want you to come up with a second one then, because I think I did what you did. I came up with a take that felt like I wasn't antagonizing enough. So then I came up with a second one that feels a lot better to me. So we could both deliver our worst takes that are a little more lovey-dovey first and then get to an antagonistic one if you can come up with one. Oh, okay. All right, let's do that. All right, so this is my non-antagonistic one. Okay. So Michigan State, three-point percentage, obviously has been a huge, huge issue, right? And I think that comes down to two things. One, if you go by a game-by-game basis and you look at each player, when they attempt a three by it not going in the basket, it does not count, which therefore negatively affects their percentage. So that, in turn, makes sure that this team doesn't shoot the ball well from three. But that's not the only thing that's not helping this team shoot well from three. Greg, what motivates you for, you know, sleepers? Besides, like, the actual passion of the game, isn't it, like, the fact that you are able to get 
maybe a little bit of money, right? Maybe a little bit of something on the side to reward you for your efforts, basically, yeah. right? Sure. We have a coach who is anti-reward, anti-don't reward the players. Why do I want to make threes if all I'm getting is university wiener promos? Why am I not getting big commercials? Why do you want me to hit a three for you if I'm only getting a burger at Hopcat? That ain't doing it for me. Bring out the big bucks. I'm watching a walk-on who owns the biggest mortgage company in the NBA team, and I can't get a couple more dollars here and there. Maybe I'll hit a three then. That's how I feel. So they need incentive-based salaries to start making threes. That's why Michigan State's a bad shooting team. Is yes. Their paychecks aren't cashing. Exactly. Why hitting threes for the good of the team and your percentage? No. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they went on one private jet trip to a playoff game and uh, realized that they were sitting second row and not courtside and got a little grumpy and said, you know what, let's take a stand. Okay, Jaden? Okay, AJ, let's work together. Let's stick it to Tom a little bit. I like that. I like that take. Uh, th- I'm surprised you felt like that wasn't antagonistic enough. You need to come up with another one. <laughs> That's interesting to me. All right, make sure you uh, take your time here. I'm gonna, I'll give my non-antagonistic one, and then I'll do my antagonistic one, and then we'll go back to you. My non-antagonistic one is this. Uh, So, Fran McCaffrey, Iowa, right? What do you think of when you think of Iowa basketball? Fran McCaffrey. Yeah, what what would you associate, like, the way they play basketball with, like, as a program? What what do they stand for? What do they do poorly? All offense, no defense. Yeah, right. That's that's the Fran era. That's our, that's the narrative, right? That's the media wants to come out and say Iowa can't play any defense. Ugh, they're all offense, right? Yeah. Have the, have you really watched Iowa basketball games? That's what I would ask you. Have you really watched? To those that say that Iowa doesn't play defense, have you watched the games? Because what I see, Carter, what I see, I see a generational offense. I see one of the best offenses in college basketball history. I see an offensive genius in Fran McCaffrey. I see someone who has done more for the game on that end of the court, the offensive end of the court, than any coach in college basketball history. Of course, of course the defense is going to look bad. You know why the defense looks bad? Because the defense has to guard the Iowa offense seven days a week. Most defenses only guard Iowa once a calendar year, right? But no, not Iowa. Iowa has to show up. The only reason that Iowa offense is so good is because they work on it seven days a week. The only reason that defense looks bad, Car, it's not that they're bad. It's not that they're a bad defense. It's that they have to guard the Iowa offense so much. That was very well done. Thank you. Thank that you. was extremely well done. Should we get to the – I feel like the, like the ones we just did, I feel like were our weak spots. Should we get to the two big ones? I feel like that was kind of antagonistic, but it's okay, though. Okay. I'll get to I'll get to this one. <laughs> Hold on, let me reset. Let me reset because I'm going to clip this and I want to clip it all in one. This is a game of worst take. Okay, this is uh, if we if we're just going out to Torres it and we're trying to just anger a fan base with the worst take we can come up with for for baiting purposes. Here's our worst takes. What do you got, Cart? Greg, are you familiar with the uh, the Breakfast Club interviews? You know, like the like the, yeah, you Breakfast Club. One of the most famous ones uh, by one of the greatest, most creative rappers of our time, honestly, when we really get down to the nitty gritty, Soldier Boy uh, made the hit singles, Crank That, 
Marco Polo, Pretty Boy Swag. The list goes on and on. Kiss Me Through the Phone, all-time classic. Um, And he said these fateful words one day that always resonated with me and will always stick with me. And it went something like this. He stole my whole bleeping flow in regards to people stealing from him and stealing his whole swag and his whole game. Who's one of the best teams in the country this year that we talked about very multiple times? I don't know. Right now, I think the most complete and unbeatable team in college basketball is Arizona. Arizona. And everyone wants to talk about how, oh, it was was basically Tommy Lloyd just – stealing from it was it was basically just tommy lloyd was gonzaga that's why gonzaga is struggling right now tommy lloyd was a big part of gonzaga's success that's not the truth right now arizona is getting way too much credit for just being a copycat and stealing the flow of gonzaga that's all it really is everyone thinks it's so impressive it's so great they added caleb love they added kashad johns it's it doesn't matter about the additions they're they're playing the copycat league game and they're doing it very well. But let's not act like this Arizona team is just all that in a bag of chips and so generational and the best team in the country. No, they're just a copycat team. That's all they did. Let's not, let's not, it ain't the NIL bag. It ain't Tommy Lloyd. It's the fact that they can copy extremely well. So that's all it is. There's no originality. It's just absolutely like, zero originality. Mark Few should be getting the credit for this Arizona team. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, all right. Here's here's that's a f- that's a fact too, by the way. Card, I've 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 spent 30 years of my life building up to this moment. I believe this. I've just been, I don't know, I've been a little too afraid to say it. I've been afraid to speak my truth to the camera. And uh, I think it's time we do this, Cart. Cart, if a uh, let's say like if a top ten team in the country that has a bunch of NBA guys on it, like if if that team doesn't go to the Final Four, is that a good season? If they have a bunch of NBA guys, like if they're yeah, if, if you're a top ten team in the country all season long, and you have multiple players that are professionals okay. in three months. Yeah, and, I think I think you don't make a final four. Is that a good season? I don't think so, no. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you should have aspirations of something bigger, right? Mm-hmm. Cart, there's a coach in college basketball that has missed the final four 19 times in his career. He's missed the final four more than any coach in recent college basketball history ever has. In fact, Carter, this coach has more losses. Then Bill Self, Roy Williams, Tom Izzo, John Wooden. He has so many losses, Carter. Coach K is actually the worst coach in college basketball history. I mean, objectively, uh, just stating a fact. I'm just stating a fact. He has more losses than Bill Self and Roy Williams and Tom Izzo and John Wood. Why? Why? Point me to why. Why? Would a great coach have more losses than those coaches? 19 times he did not make a Final Four. Why? Don't good teams win basketball games? Not lose basketball games? Coach K, worst coach. That's just a fact. The game is about wins and losses, is it not? That's what I've been told. 
Coach K has a lot of them, doesn't he? A fact, not an opinion. Nasty behavior. Crazy. This is fun. I like this. We just make this a thing. I really like the worst take game. It's great. Torres is a genius. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's wrap the show. Goodness. Um, what's your one big thing? <laughs> My one big thing is that I want people to take the time during this holiday season to expand their Christmas music taste beyond Mariah Carey. Just give it a try. There's a lot of good Christmas albums out there. You're right, but I can't let that go. I can't let that go. My one big thing is that All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey is a top five song ever written. I could pick five people right now that would make a better version of that than her. What do you got against that? That was an iconic performance. That was a perfect game performance. It was, but like, damn. So who could do better? I mean, shit. I would like to, I would hear, I think Bieber can do better than that. I think that shit, give me SZA can do better than that. There's a couple people that can. Come on. Come on. You've you've had too much melatonin. I haven't had that much. If you want the SZA version of all I want for Christmas is you. You've you're I'm worried about you. Okay, so we're gonna act like snooze isn't the song of the year. I love SZA. I don't want to slow down sleepy little candlelight. <laughs> all all I want for Christmas is you. I mean, come on, man. You're singing too much for my liking on this show. Uh, just know that that's not a sleeper's opinion. That's a Carter Elliott opinion. Uh, I stand with Mariah Carey. I stand. I also, with- <laughs> I also stand with Nick Cannon, though. That makes it hard. It does make it very hard. A big Nick Cannon guy. All right, we'll be back Thursday. We're it's only Tuesday. We're already saying we'll be back on Thursday. You want to record Thursday's episode right after this? Hey, why not? Should knock it out all one day. All right, we'll see you next week.